All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me pretty much as always, although I understand it might be touch and go today, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, all-around superhuman yogi, Somier. Uh, the list is extensive. <laughs> Jen Weibor. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. Does yeah. it seem like it's been forever since I've seen you? I mean, other than in yes. a digital environment? Yes, okay. but I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow? Okay, yes. cool. All right, so <laughs> Jen and I have a really cool guest for you guys today, somebody that we had on the show previously. So this is a repeat episode, a sequel, if you will. And we liked talking with her so much. She had such a unique perspective on one particular item that I feel is an important piece of lead gen work and in fact is part of our program because of how great we felt that she and some of our other coaching clients had adopted and used and exercised. So please welcome back to the show, Catherine Burgess. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Adam. How are you? I am. I am well. How are you? Good. I caught a little bit of chatter before we actually started broadcasting and we were talking about the fact that it's been a weird year. I mean, just for everybody and everything and that literally the only constant, the only thing that seems to be relatively normal for us is work, is business um, that we've uh, kind of been able to maintain and stay on track and that Boy, everybody's personal lives are just uh, out the window. It's crazy kind but of stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, so true. So one of the things that I've noticed and paid attention to since the last time we had you on the show is that you're really starting to ramp back up on these partic this particular subject that we uh, discussed at length the last time you were on the show, which was events, oh. client appreciation, uh, colleagues, these kinds of things. Did I see that you're going to do your Oktoberfest event again this year? We actually just did it on Saturday night. Oh, we just did it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, it's August, little, right? I'm going to check the calendar real quick yeah, here. It's a little early because uh, we were hosting it as a, a benefit for the Museum of Boulder. And they're, they, they coincidentally have a... Um, beer here. It's the history of beer in Colorado exhibit. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. So we got the last weekend before the, the beer here exhibit went away. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Good timing. And this has obviously been something that's been a fairly significant staple of your, well, your personal life, your work life, your uh, lead Jen, so on and so forth. In fact, the last time we had you on the show, you had uh, asked Jen and I to come participate in a couple of different events. And boy, for Jen, Boulder's quite a uh, a cry. It, it really uh -huh. feels like the difference between New Mexico and Wyoming when it comes down to it. Um, <laughs> but you've been relatively constant and consistent about that kind of stuff. Outside of Oktoberfest, what other events are you still doing? Well, um, we try to, we, we have sort of cycled through different things. And of course the pandemic has played a huge, um, uh, and this is actually, uh, here you can see it. We had a, this incredible uh, henna artist. Henna tattoo, at, yeah. At the party. So anyway, Beautiful. Um, 
we we have cycled through different types of events. In the past, we have done, prior to the pandemic, we hosted Sunday night dinner every Sunday night for five years. And um, it was kids from the university who were friends of our, of and the high school who were friends of our kids. And then anyone, any adults we ran into during the week who we knew and, um, or we thought we wanted to get to know. Um, so we've done some of that since the pandemic, though uh, it's been more sporadic. We, we were definitely in the like every single Sunday cycle before and we're not in that now. Hmm. Um, last summer we did, uh, we called it Porch Fest. Porch and, Fest, I love it. Sorry, uh, I think it was Front Yard Fest. And uh, we have a little place on Walnut, um, which is just a, you know, five blocks from the office um, in Boulder. And there's a small front yard big enough for three uh, 12 by 12 pop-up tents. And so we hosted once a month, we had, uh, we, we seem to have a lot of friends who are professional musicians. Mm -hmm. So we hosted a small um, event in our yard and it was BYOB, BYO chair. And um, the tents were up just in case of rain, which of course it did rain. And uh, so once a month, for an hour to two hours, depending on who it was, um, we had a, a free concert. And so we're not doing that for lead gen, we are doing it for it, to work our sphere. So all of our stuff, we're not reaching out to new people, we're reaching out to the people who we know, love and trust and who we wanna stay top of mind with. Oh, I so, would definitely consider that lead gen. You're, yeah. I, I know mean, a lot of people that have had a career that has developed into a strict repeat and referral business, which should be your goal. All of you listening, all of you watching, that should be your goal. And when we achieve that and have it for so long, we don't really look at it as lead gen. But furthering those relationships with that circle do lead to greater referrals. Right. So it is without equivocation. I know it doesn't feel like it. And I know that's not the exercise, but without equivocation, uh, building up your existing circle, strengthening those relationships, staying top of mind, being able to derive more referrals from the people you already do know, love, and trust, as you put it, that you enjoy working with, that you want to help, is absolutely lead gen type activity. I guess my clarification is just we are with these events, we are not we are not reaching out to a broader a broader pool. We're not farming anything. Right. Uh, no new people. Right. It is only it is only um, keeping in front of the people that we already um, know and love. Yep, absolutely. I think that's a big deal. One of our greatest colleagues, a, a mortgage originator in Santa Clarita, California, a little shout out to Scotty Edwards, who's the inspiration for a lot of our event stuff as well, uh, does exactly that. And it's really not where new people are coming into the fold due to those events. But because we're doing these kinds of events, those people are subsequently bringing new people into our fold. Agreed. We yeah. get referrals from those even without, we never bring up real estate at these no. events, that not, not a word is spoken about it. Um, but uh, people bring it up with us, but we, we never, we never talk about it. It's, it's not a sexy subject. Uh, it is other people, I think. Okay, but, that could be. But, there are a handful. <laughs> we 
when we are uh, thinking about it, you know, day in, day out, we're happy to take a break. Well, and I think that there's something really important. And Jen and I have been hyper-focused on this as of late when we're working with coaching clients on their video work, on their social media work, so on and so forth. Guys, your audience, your circle, your contact database, however you want to describe it, they already know what you do. You don't have to talk about real estate. You don't have to talk about mortgages, insurance, financial planning, whatever it is. Those people know what you do. Talk about them. Talk about you. One of the highlights of this is that we're in an environment now where people really want to know who you are, not what you do. And again, they already know what you do. So there's really no reason to talk about it unless they bring it up. But yes, absolutely. Let's focus well, on I'm, things that are not advertising, I guess. And if I could extrapolate a little bit on that, part of what has been super compelling, uh, evidently, so we hear back from people within our sphere, is that, um, for example, with what we did with the the worst, we call it the worst party ever, W-U-R-S-T. U-R-S-T. Uh, I get it. <laughs> um that was held at the museum because it was a fundraiser for the museum. So we we try to do like um, fun for a cause. Um, so uh, we um, we told everyone that we would match them dollar for dollar with everything that they gave to the museum. So the museum they wound up our sphere wound up giving thirty five hundred dollars. We'll match that, and it'll be a seven thousand dollar donation to the museum as a result of this party. So that is really compelling to our sphere. Similarly, those, um, those musical events, um, people feel like uh, we are, um, they, they don't see it as a only self-service. You know, people are so savvy. They know when they are being kept in your sphere. But if there's something that you're doing to highlight these musicians that are trying to get their takeoff or, you know, highlight this new band that's just formed or whatever, it feels more like service than it does, uh, you know, me trying to keep myself in front of you. So that and and that that is the intent as well. So and then, uh, you know, we're going to spend the money anyway on this stuff. So we might as well do it in a way that is, you know, socially responsible, corporate social responsibility. And um, we have just uh, with the Museum of Boulder, we've just uh, committed to again, we did this once before during the pandemic, um, instead of uh, for our Christmas gifts giving, like in the past, we've tried to lo um, highlight a local business of a friend like chocolate sauce or, you know, fancy cookies or whatever. We're giving memberships to the Museum of Boulder because 501c3s that are, you know, in the arts and culture, all their funds were diverted to the front lines during the pandemic. They are in such dire straits right now. So helping people get in the door and in our Christmas card, it will say, or holiday card, I should say, it'll say, you know, we're doing this because, um, you know, these organizations need our support. Please come into the museum. Please keep them top of mind in your annual giving, blah, blah, blah. And um, that that is, and then typically, like the museum is giving us, a because we're buying like 250 memberships or something, they're giving us an incredible rate. So they're win-wins for everybody. It's like, our sphere benefits with a whole year of membership to this place. The museum benefits with 
They can say they have more memberships, which helps them get more grants. We benefit by, you know, people really having gratitude for what we're giving them. There are a thousand things that are so right with this. And I know we talk about it every week. So Jen's going to roll her eyes at me. But in classic Zig Ziglar fashion, help as many people as you can get what they want, i.e. the museum, your musicians, and you're going to get what you want. No question about it. I do think philanthropy is a big, big piece of this puzzle. And Jen would probably know better than I would have as far as how many years we have been participating in a similar fashion on Colorado Gives Day. And we actually let every one of our clients and colleagues tell us who they want us to donate to. And then we donate in their name. That's awesome. Even when we, well, and when we do it that way, a lot of them work for organizations that will match their donation. So that's why we donate in their name instead of ours, so that they can then go to their employer and say, hey, I know you match donations on Colorado Gives Day. Here, look, I gave this donation. Please match it. So we're really able to make a multiplying impact that way. Um, the funniest part of all this, of course, is that you mentioned the uh, corporate responsibility, which happens to be the emphasis Jen has with her MBA. So I know she wants to chime in on this particular <laughs> subject as well. This is right up her alley. Yeah, I mean, I always light up whenever anybody uses corporate social responsibility. Um, I think that that's something that has to be in the forefront. We talk again, another thing we talk about every week is people are tired of being sold to. So they want to know who they're supporting. And what that comes down to is your corporate social responsibility. And whether you're a solopreneur or whatever, you have a corporate social responsibility. What are you putting out that's good in this world? How are you taking care of your neighbors, your community? Uh, and I think especially we talked about how crazy this year has been in general, more than ever, people want to know, how are you a good person? What are you doing? How are you supporting everything around you? So I think that's very cool. How do you take care of your community? Right? Yeah. And are you doing things to help? Take care of your community. I, we come across so many people, so many organizations, certainly on a large corporate scale where we're looking at bottom line. We're looking at profit margin. We're looking at what our shareholders think rather than what our clients and customers think, that kind of thing. And yeah, people, well, all of us have pretty much everybody alive on the planet today with very few exceptions have been identified as somebody's target audience since birth and we're sick of it we really want to know this kind of stuff and there's a little nod from aaron to heart aaron good to hear from you this morning we're uh doing well thank you glad uh, that you're tuning in all right so this is really i i'm not even sure i can put the you know one to ten scale on how valuable this kind of work this kind of activity is but when we're starting to talk about things that are on such a deep connection our circle our the, the people that we want to support the people that support us when it comes to things like events and philanthropic events on top of that this is really a big deal. I, I would recommend, and we're obviously doing this kind of in a separate manner. We do a lot of events, certainly for our clients and colleagues, and we do a lot of philanthropy, obviously for our clients and colleagues. But Catherine, for you to have figured out how to meld these two together is brilliant. 
Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, it just, it seems like the the natural, the way, the way we should, we're going to be spending the money anyway. So let's, let's do it in a way that makes, uh, makes everybody win-win all the way around. Yeah, there are a lot of win-win wins in that particular uh, mm-hmm. circle. Uh, no question. I like the way that that comes full circle with the organization, with you, with your clients. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Really cool stuff. So what other things are you doing in your event cycle? Uh, well, let's see. We just had um, a party uh, a bit ago with with some with some clients um, to highlight another, we're we're really focused on the Museum of Boulder right now. That hasn't always been the case. Um, we have uh, Andy and I are both on the board there, so uh-huh. uh, that makes it so that we are. It is very top of mind, and they're really at a critical place. So again, we did another. We're just trying to get bodies through the door and encourage giving. Um, we have. Um, Andy and I, at Christmas, uh, prior to the pandemic, we bought um, a San- professional Santa and Mrs. Claus suits. And our kids were like, oh, man, will you buy elf suits also? Because oh. that's so fun. And so we, uh, in the past, we have, at Christmas time, reached out to all of our clients who have, like, little kids and grand children to say we will come for five minutes to your house it's going to be like quick in quick out so that nobody will notice that we're tall and skinny and (laughs) not how (laughs) not how santa looks got it right right and uh you know you can do it do a lot with padding but at the end of the day you don't want to be there long so anyway and then the, the most fun part is actually driving between the houses um and uh you you just find people alongside you in cars that are just cracking up and uh we were thinking about strolling the pearl street mall just for fun but what we we haven't done that yet that we always run out of time so for those of you that aren't familiar we're talking about a very long stretch of foot traffic only uh retail uh space in the city of boulder that uh, well, it has a long, long history and great businesses and a lot of activity. Um, I, I do miss the uh, Halloween mall crawl. I'm not going to lie. Um, although that did get me in a lot of trouble as a kid once. Hopefully my father isn't watching or listening. Um, so, yeah, that's really also very cool activity. We kind of, uh, well, it's just feel good kind of shit. I mean, the kind of response when you're making people yeah. brighten even just to a negligible degree is yeah. so intrinsically rewarding. It's super fun. Yeah. yeah. Very um, cool stuff. I, I just kind of a pivot off of the event stuff. One thing I wanted to mention that since um, I was, I think we were together maybe last August or so. Um, and in the meantime, we, in anticipation of the changing market here um we cut our operating budget by 50 percent last wow. last fall and um i just have to tell you that uh there has been no appreciable that we kept were our sphere marketing and and we got rid of you know we still have all of our staff um we have gotten rid of everything else the print advertising the lead gen the 
Um, we're still doing like postcards. We're doing all the, the basics um, that is only to our sphere. And uh, we are having a year like, uh, we'll end somewhere between around 2018, 2019. So it's, it's been a really good year from a volume perspective. Um, and it has been so clarifying in terms of, you know, when things are, when the, the market is going bonkers and you think, okay, I should add this piece and I should add that piece and all of this stuff to your overall expenses, really at the end of the day, like the bread and butter is your sphere and however you best communicate with your sphere. The one thing I would say that I think it would be worth us spending more on again is SEO. I took that away. We went from $2,000 a month to 500 a month. And um, I we still get, people still find us a ton through online searches. So it seems like maybe we'd want to pump that back up, but um, it, it's been a great exercise in just, uh, you know, we had a profitable business before, but um, going into the going into the decline or what we thought might be a decline, that felt like a really smart thing to get rid of all of those long-term commitments that we didn't absolutely have to have. And here it turns out like we didn't really need them anyway. Right. Yeah, that's probably really wise. I would say that when we're talking about business planning in these types of genres, it is probably important to review that stuff from time to time. I would probably say on a more regular basis, even than time to time. And one of the things that I really love doing, and I know that this is kind of shortcutting the system, is reporting our corporate bank cards and credit cards missing. And then they have to change the number. And then we start figuring out what bills we've been paying that we didn't really realize we were paying. Uh, and we can determine whether or not we want to update the credit card information for those particular systems or uh, products or processes or whatever it is we've been paying money for. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's kind of an interesting shortcut, a simple task. Leading is the trigger. It leads to all kinds of activity to really shore up your budgeting that mm -hmm. way. Um, so yeah, it's something that we do on a fairly regular basis. I'm not ashamed to say, but yeah, I do think that that's important. And I think that you're right. I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the fact that people that have been doing this for a long time, we're not talking flash in the pan activity. We're not talking about the people that got in recently because it was easy. I do think that that applies more in mortgages than in real estate. I think when it comes to real estate, it's never easy. It's just a different kind of hard as it cycles around. <laughs> um, obviously, through the course of the pandemic, certainly 20 and 21 in the mortgage space, it was easy. And obviously, obviously, we've seen a mass exodus of that kind of activity. And certainly the people that jumped on board for that kind of activity um, in the real estate space, obviously, that comes and goes all the time. But I think for the people that have been doing this for some length of time, have an established business, are good about their lead gen, their top of mind work, their team structure, on and on. I think what went on in 2018, 2019 is probably about where we should all be today. And right. the only thing I really see differently is the interest rates are a little higher. Um, although, frankly, probably about where they should be if we had a healthy economy. Uh, if we had a healthy economy that included a housing shortage anyway, I think that we're probably right about where we should be. And I think that as the uh, 
cycle continues, we'll start to see a return to normalcy that way. Um, but yeah, I'm sure Jen and I are ecstatic uh, to know that uh, you and your team have been uh, gone, have gone down a path that has remained relatively consistent for you guys over that time frame. It's really good to know. Yeah, I mean, in Boulder County, um, the the number of under contracts year to date is between six and twenty one percent below um, the years between twenty eighteen and twenty twenty three. So, um, you know, even a 6% reduction in volume is a lot. Um, it's a big number. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we're, we're grateful. We're grateful to, um, to have it feel like, yeah, things are, things are chugging along. Good. I'm glad to hear that. What are you guys going to do for the rest of the year? What's on the horizon for next year? Jen, I'm suspecting you're going to want to get Catherine on the show again. And I think that's probably early 2025 that you're booking these days. I might have one spot left for 24. Okay. There might be one. So it's going to be a minute until we get to uh, talk to you. Well, not the three of us, but until we get to have you talk to our audience. So, yeah, tell us what's coming down the pipe for the next 12 or 18 months for your group. Well, every fall we, we um, do an audit of the business and redo our business plan. So we'll do that again. We'll um, get dialed in on all of our, you know, practices, our vendors, our planning. And then um, by the time we're at uh, early December, we're we're already uh, 20 the next year. So um, we'll be, uh, I think, continuing very much in the same vein um, in terms of really streamlined, um, but with a really big focus on um, connecting with individuals um, and uh, just from there. Perfect. Um, I'm starting to get some of that audio breakup I heard you girls chatting about when we first uh, started broadcasting. There's some static in the background, so hopefully that won't uh, come off too bad once Jen does her audio editing. Um, but yeah, Catherine, this is it's amazing. We absolutely love having you on the show. The constancy and consistency that you exude, one of the most important things we talk about. In fact, kind of keep forgetting that I have a uh, sales mindset uh, publication coming out here hopefully soon. And we talk about uh, the four keys, two of them being constancy and consistency in sales. And the fact that you've always kind of approached this, your business, your community, from a very community-minded perspective has always really uh, been of interest to us. And I know to Jen in particular, who's uh, really, really big on that social responsibility in corporate America and how uh, she studied that for many moons of her life. And it's uh, certainly had an influence on our business as well, uh, both of them. I'm not going to lie. The way that Jen approaches our marketing with both the coaching company and with our mortgage brokerage have uh, been, well, along similar lines and quite humbling. And uh, I'm, I'm honored to uh, be involved with both of you on the levels that we are. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, yeah. And Catherine, I do know full well that uh, it is ridiculously difficult when we're busy to carve out this kind of time to do this with us on a Monday morning. So thank mm -hmm. you for that as well. I know that this is really a very big deal. 
Um, and gosh, Jen, we've got all kinds of stuff going on here at Just the Tips as well. You want to uh, enlighten our audience as to the latest and greatest? Yeah, so Mile High Mastermind is a month yeah, away, which that's is the big insane. One. Yeah, so September 29th and 30th uh, at University of Denver, we have our seventh annual Mile High Mastermind. It's our two-day workshop mastermind extra extravaganza. That's what I'm going with this year. Okay. <laughs> um, very intimate group of people. A lot of people come year after year, but we really focus on content that you're going to be able to walk away and implement into your business instead of those conferences that you walk away and you're so overwhelmed that you have no idea where to start. It's kind um, of our thing here at JTT. Yeah, but Tra tactical, tractional, yeah. put it to work. Yeah. And, but I really think the biggest thing about this event is the community that comes together. I mean, it's such an incredible group of people every year. So that's September 29th and 30th at the University of Denver. Tickets are on sale right now for that. Uh, you can find more information about that, past episodes of the show, our weekly little tip, get a free copy or uh, get a free hour of coaching, get a copy of Adam's current book. And once that next book is for sale, we'll get that up there too. Um, text tips to 63566 for all of that and everything else, just the tips. Cool. Well, thank you. And Catherine, thank you. Yeah. Um, we love having you on the show. Let's book another episode. And I don't know what else to ask you with our short time frame. It's amazing how quickly 30 minutes goes by when we're yeah. having yeah. such great chatter. <laughs> All right. Well, for the rest of you listening, either live or in syndication or watching us live or in syndication, thank you for tuning in. You can catch episodes of How I Met Your Mortgage live at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time on Mondays, pretty much every Monday. We probably end up doing 45 episodes a year, give or take. And this is our sixth season that we are uh, in the tail end of, booked through seven, starting to book through season eight. So don't hesitate to catch us here on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, as well as the podcast on Wednesdays after this recording on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon podcasts. And like Jen mentioned, if you want to know anything about us, you can text tips to 63566 and it'll ping you back all kinds of good stuff about us other than that thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week with another episode of how i met your mortgage